Welcome to Pointed Questions. My name is Brent Weinbach. With me is Donnie Devanian. Our guest today is Hannah, a music therapist. We will be talking to her about connections and fluids on this episode of Pointed Questions. What is music therapy? Okay, so music therapy is um, the use of music um, to address non-musical goals. So it's an evidence-based practice of um, using what we know through research um, to apply music in a way that's going to help people with their individualized goals. Um, And it it does involve um, a therapeutic relationship between a music, a board-certified music therapist and their, and I guess a client or a patient. Um, So there is like that therapeutic relationship that ties it all together, but it's um, a board-certified person that is using um, uh, music interventions, like designing interventions for the goals that they, that they're working on. Can it be used to achieve musical goals? Um, or do you have to use a different kind of therapy to do that, a non-musical therapy? Well, I feel like that would be like music lessons, like right? Sure. Like I, I mean, musical goal. I mean, we're talking about like clinical goals, I guess, of just mm-hmm. you know things that um, it's it's basically like any other type of therapy, like clinical therapy. It's just that we're using music as the modality for Is it used to help progress in a psychological emotional i mean obviously a psychological emotional regard but also physical can it help physical um yeah yeah it can it can be used for physical like i think that's why it's confusing sometimes is Mm -hmm. because we can address a lot of different types of goals you know so sometimes it's you know like you said like emotional goals or like Mm -hmm. you know might be something like emotional expression or processing um or regulation or um things like that and that seems like more intuitive to what we usually think music is used for but i mean there's also research about how sound and rhythm can affect the brain that can help you with your you know physical yeah motor Mm. skills like fine motor or gross motor um you know neurologic music therapy is actually like a specialized i guess section of under the music therapy umbrella that really focuses on just how does um sound and rhythm affect the way that we um, and how does that work (laughs) <laughs> I mean, is that, is that a realm yeah. that you work in, or you do deal with more the emotional, I mean, I do, psychological stuff? Yeah, I, I, I did um, the neurologic music therapy training, and I mean, it, there's a lot to it. Um, you know, music can has it kind of permeates, has effect on your memory. You know, there's a lot of things like, you know, we remember things um, because we made a song about it. You know, yeah. and like there's a certain compelling, mm. you know, reason why we continue to stick with. Um, you know, we make up a song or a phrase to remember items or like there's lyrics that we'll never forget because it's in a song, but then we'll forget all kinds of other things, you know? So there's like a sort of muscle memory thing. There's a correlation between muscle memory and the way your body acts or it works. And then also muscle memory as far as remembering songs and yeah, or there's whatever like, melodies so and I guess in neurologic music therapy they kind of break it down like there's different interventions that they've developed and like examined um, through research so like in a transformational design of just like this is where the person was before like someone with a stroke or somebody with Parkinson's or somebody that is having speech impairments you know whatever it is that they're working on or physical goals maybe um, this is you kind of measure the baseline first and then you kind of design and create you know you you figure out what your goals and objectives are 
So based off of that, you choose and, and also design interventions for that person um, that are going to be able to help them. So, you know, say with people that have like Alzheimer's or dementia, you know, you might be having memory goals. So then there's interventions at your disposal that will, you know, help with their memory. So, you know, the principle of like, if you play the music from their youth, then it kind of like is something that triggers their memory. Is that something you've dealt with, Alzheimer's? Yeah, yeah, and I've worked did, with. Did it yeah. work? Did it trigger memories for them, um, playing music from their youth or stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, like it can, it can trigger memories. It can help them, you know, access like more awareness, mm-hmm. you know, because they it's, it's something that just is very motivating and something that triggers a lot more, I guess, increased capacity. So, you know, in the past I worked with a woman that had pretty pretty bad dementia like she was almost nonverbal. yeah um but then you know she was like 90 something so like i would have to like look into what was the music of her you know late teens to 20s which is like the golden years you know and you had to learn that music yeah like you, I, you and know, you have to play it um it's there's research that shows that it's more effective when it's live and and then rather than actually, a recording yeah rather yeah. than a recording and like we can actually you know, tailor it in the moment too. So if there's like certain parts or we can change words as we're going, like, you know, there's a lot more flexibility if you're able to actually play it live in the moment. And so, and then, you know, there's something too, I'm sure with like, you know, live sound waves versus like an artificial, you know, through speakers or something. Yeah. yeah, It's like more compelling. What instrument do you usually use when you do something like that? It depends. Um, Like music therapists do have to have, um, you know, we have part of becoming board certified is you have to have competency in, you know, piano um, and like other chordal instruments. So you have to be a good musician to be a music therapist. Ideally, yes. Ideally, you have to have a lot of, I guess, like um, competency in music playing. Yeah. Are there any mm-hmm. non-licensed music therapists who are not, that practice and they're not good at instruments? <laughs> or they're not good at music? They're not um, good musicians? Well... <laughs> Like there's so if they're non board certified then they're not really a music therapist uh, and like so okay. that's kind of they're just musicians that are trying to help you yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> like I mean people use music therapeutically all the time like we don't own like using music as as a therapeutic tool but it's like you you have to go through the certification process to call yourself a music therapist but yeah I mean you know I I think there are sometimes board certified music therapists that kind of like skim by without actually, you know, knowing mm-hmm. or being as flexible as maybe they could be. By being competent, yeah. what does that entail? Do you have to be able to read music? Do you have to you have to be proficient at the at an instrument and Yeah, I to... think it's like honestly, you know, they the way that they measure it at like school is, you know, you take a test, like a proficiency test. So, you know, you finish your your degree and like at the end you take a proficiency test. So like you have to be able to trans transpose you know like play mm-hmm. certain mm-hmm. different keys yeah basic Trans- you know play play like basic music accompany yourself doing music basic music or having it you know in the melody in your hand too but then be able able to transpose it um on the spot mm-hmm. you know because sometimes can you play by ear um yeah do you I, have perfect pitch i don't have perfect pitch you got relative, relative pitch. pitch yes <laughs> yeah on, yeah so i think um yeah basically you are kind of they sort of assess your flexibility. You know, they want you to be flexible. So like, you know, if you're playing a song, but then you are working with a man that has a lower range, you know, and then you are working, but then you might work with a kid, you know, you have to be able to transpose oh, so it in the moment. Are you agile? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And Are then you, on guitar too, like you, shred. you have to do like I don't, like, I don't know about like doing solos or anything, but like on the on a basic level, just accompany yourself, um, be flexible, be able to have a variety of feels. Are I you guess. singing as well? Yes. Yeah. Damn. So you sing, you play guitar, and you play piano. Yes. And yeah. those are your main those are your main things. I mean, those are the three areas of competence. Can you play drums? Um. Yes. <laughs> Can you play horns at all? No. Mm-hmm. I, my um. So usually when you're you know you have a music therapy degree, you have a primary instrument. Um. So that may or may not be one of your competency instruments. Right. So what's your main main instrument? The one that was my main for college was viola. Mm. viola yeah mm. so, oh yeah would you sing yeah. and play viola at the same time no okay <laughs> yeah i honestly i haven't really applied viola playing in my practice that much oh, no. yeah it's just are you passionate know. about music or passionate about helping people or passionate about probably passionate about both i take it i mean did you start out as passionate about music and then realize i can use this in a sort of you know healing kind of way or whatever or Mm -hmm. you know use this like really working with people and their emotional physical progress and stuff and that increased the value of music for you or what was it always a passion when you were younger well no i mean i didn't i think like most people i didn't really know what music therapy was until like i came across it Mm -hmm. you know and so I actually went to school as a music performance major first. So you were more into nice. the music aspect, and then and then you grew yeah. into the the therapy aspect. Well, yeah, like I think you know I went to college, and then I just it I just knew it wasn't a fit for me. Like it's right. just, I mean, the competition, especially in the classical world, is just like it's just so bad. So you want you were originally wanted to be in a, like a concert. That's what I thought I wanted or something to do. Like that. Yeah. You wanted to compete. No, I, I mean, I didn't want to. You wanted to like, be I just in, in an orchestra or and, you know, I wanted to enjoy playing music that, that I liked, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was doing. But I think I also, you know, there, there's a certain sense of, like, helping people. Like, you, you know, you're if you do a good performance, like, you are helping people. You're letting them enjoy themselves. And then, mm-hmm. but I think there was a certain sense of, like, I felt like it wasn't a tangible enough, like, measure. I don't know. Some, it wasn't something I felt very clearly of, mm-hmm. like, I didn't feel very connected to people. Like, I felt like I was just stuck in my practice room connects, for, like, four to six hours a day. This connects you with people. Yeah, I felt yeah. more disconnected when I would, like, actually wanted to perform to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And so then I just was like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. But then I already had these, like, music, you know, half of a degree in music. And then I was like, well, what other areas can I maybe apply this to and then I talked to some of my music therapy friends and you know I think like most people I thought it was just like oh you play music for people and then they feel better you know (laughs) but it was actually like a lot more clinical and like measured and um a lot more I think mindful of an application than I thought it was going to be so in that regard when you're working with a a patient Mm -hmm. uh, is that what you would call them a patient or a client yeah yeah. um Mm -hmm. if when you're working with them one-on-one or whatever the case may be, do you treat it like a performance or is it much more of a uh, a, a, a craft or um, a procedure? That's that's the word, yeah. Mm, um, Since you have a background in performance to some degree, yeah. um, do you think of it as a perf- like a one-on-one performance or is it more like you're a professional doing a procedure or it something? Feels, like or is it both? It feels, yeah, I, feel, I guess like if, if I'm using... Yeah, between the two, it feels more like a procedure Got because it. it's like, and we're actually like, I'm not just performing and only focusing on myself. Like, I'm focusing on them and mm-hmm. th- the, their responses and trying to see the responses that I was trying to, um, 
you know, elicit. Like I want to be able to um, observe and see where they're at and meet them where they're at and make sure that they're, um, you know, engaging. And so it's definitely less about me and more about them. And that's, I think, what makes it more mm -hmm. of like, and, and I think if I were to like add another word to it, it's not just a procedure, but it, it's like a relationship. It's like a therapeutic relationship that you're building together and like building trust, you know? Did you have to learn about the psychology of music and just, um, I guess, the theory, music theory in relation to its, yeah, its psychological... Um, influences. Yeah, stuff. I mean, you know, I, I took music theory classes throughout college, and I think, you know, there's a whole history of like how music has been applied. Like the the ancient Greeks actually used to think that different scale modes would have different effects on your on your body and your health. What are some of those effects in um, some of those modes? <laughs> I don't know if I can remember off the top of my head. But, um, you know, there's certain ones where they, they felt would make you feel more angry or, like, uh -huh. other ones would you know, help you relax. Like a Phrygian feel. mode or, so, or, so, or yeah, something I like mean, that? Yeah, I mean, you know, like What would like, make you feel angry? Do you, do you oh, recall? I don't remember. Oh, like you're, like, putting me on the spot. Yeah, th those are, really? yeah, you know mm. the modes. You're just like throwing them out there. Yeah, I know them all. Dorian, yeah. Dorian, Dorian, right? Yeah, Mixolydian, um, Lydian. You know, Mixolydian, Lydian. I mean, the, you know. Aeolian. It's yeah. just a minor mode, I guess. Whatever. Totally, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm like, wow, good job. Nice. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, they had different ways that they applied music. Um, you know, and then today, too, I mean, say, I specialize in NICU music therapy, which is with, like, premature infants or small small infants. And, um, you know, there's guidelines to that kind of, of like, what types of chords and, like, what types of rhythms to use that are going to be infants. the most regulating. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, mm -hmm. do you mainly work with, oops, um, do you mainly work with infants or do you... Um, you work with from people from all ages. I mean, old. I mean, who do you primarily work with? I guess. Um, you know, in my whole like time being a music therapist, mm -hmm. like I've worked from everything from premature infants to like I said, like uh, adults with like Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's and stuff. someone in their nineties, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's all across. Right now, I, I specialize in pediatrics and NICU. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You sing to the to the infants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you singing? Um, most of the time. Um, I'm using lullaby um, because sure. it's just, it's the most regulating for them. Why? And Dude. <laughs> because it's so, it's so simple and it's so, it's actually universally like across the globe, you know, we have lullabies of some kind in every culture. Mm -hmm. And the thing that they all have in common is that they're slow and they're like, uh, they all have like a very consistent rhythm and so like all the, you know, the, um, they don't change uh, the keys words. that often. Yeah, they, they very typically they're like kind of between like two chords to like maybe four chords, you know, mm -hmm. like it's just it's a very simple type of music. Um, and like the words that they use, it's for verbal development too. like they're you're elongating phrases, elongating like, you know, vowel sounds and consonant sounds that's like helping mm -hmm. them to, to grow. And so, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot that's very powerful about that that helps them with their regulation. And yeah. Now, have you seen in infants when you're mm -hmm. playing music to them, do they have, what kind of reactions have you gotten? I mean, are they smiling sometimes? Have you seen a smile? Have you seen, 
do they maybe oftentimes fall asleep perhaps yeah uh, yeah I mean, I mean what um, else have you, have you ever seen them get upset yeah i mean they you know when you're nicu trained like you're you're trained to kind of look out for positive reactions and also negative reactions so lots of the times the negative ones i'm looking for are like signs of overstimulation mm. so what can happen with um you know infants um that are spending most of their infancy hospitalized is that they are not um, neurologically mature enough to like handle some of the stimulation that's being thrown at them mm. and a lot of it's really not fun like it's you know a lot of ambient noise and like vents and you know machines beeping people pricking them you know when when they're not even aware yet and completely um neurologically mature enough and so um you know there's a lot of signs you can look out for because they can't tell you, right? So there's um, things like, you know, if they're overstimulated, they might turn red, they might like splay, mm. their, they might splay their fingers out, they might like arch their backs, they might grimace, stick their tongue out. Stick their tongue. And you see um, this sometimes? Oh, yeah, yeah, have, all the have time. They, have they ever had a very violent reaction maybe like they threw up or something like that, <laughs> or fit, anything like that or i mean i think um, you know i'm always watching their like monitor so you know if, if i see that their heart rate is like suddenly racing or like going higher then i'm like okay maybe we'll dial it back so you, you know? slow the pace down a little bit um well, usually i start from like the lowest level of stimulation for them yeah. so it's just voice like voice is something that's safe for them because they they hear it in the womb it's natural for them to hear a voice do you want to give a sample or no is that uh, also no pressure to do that Give a sample. Uh, if it's easy for you, I don't even. If, I hate oh, yeah, when people if put that's, pressure. Yeah, if it's easy, and also one other quick question before you do that, if you want to, you don't have to. It. If you don't want to, um, the, d- if you are off key a little bit, is that a big problem? Whoa. <laughs> I think that um, it's it's my belief in my in just my practice and the way that I do music therapy that I think it's more therapeutic when. The music, the musicality is level is high, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're in, I, the I pitch think, is right and everything. I mean, I just think it would be hard to engage when it isn't like, do you, you know. Do you think it's? I guess. Do you think that the the impression it makes, or the, you know, the effect it has, mm-hmm. is it negligible if the singer's a little off, just a little bit off, not even noticeably, you know, mm-hmm. to maybe only noticeable to a musician perhaps, but mm-hmm. do you think it? does have a subtle effect the you know like a a small difference Mm. a small yeah it's hard it's hard to know exactly um like i i think that if it's just a little bit off like maybe it's not as bad as if it were like yeah really noticeable and like sounds terrible (laughs) you know so i think um so yeah now going to an example Mm -hmm. again no pressure to do this at all but if you feel comfortable um, what would be an example of, uh, I don't know, I, I guess something you would sing to an infant, like a Nikki lullaby. <laughs> yeah, like to a couple of babies. I mean, could you could you make could you make us? What would what would be the intention? What would you? What's the goal actually when you do that? Actually? Yeah. So I mean, a lot of so it depends again on the goal of this particular infant, right? What's the goal? Yeah. What so would be a goal? Most of the time, of an, like I feel a, like most of the goals that I work on with infants is like developmental support and developmental stimulation that's appropriate for where they're at, you know? And so I use the music is there as a, because as, some, as like an anchor for them to like regulate themselves. Um, so, you know, I get them used to hearing a voice, uh, a voice and then, um, he, 
hearing a consistent rhythm that they can anticipate and like recognize a pattern, you know, with Is this brain. because they're they're having problems with that already or, or what? I mean, it's because there's so, I mean, the brain just inherently, it's called, in music therapy, we call it entrainment, where, you know, you hear a rhythm, you know, as soon as you start to hear rhythm in anything, your brain automatically kind of recognizes a pattern that is going to continue. Mm -hmm. So that is a grounding mechanism that we have. Like there's so many rhythms that okay. continue, you know, in our bodies, in life, you know, that well, your brain will always recognize I that. guess the question yeah. is, why would an infant need to have music therapy? I mean, what, what would be... It's being used to achieve some sort of goal, right? Mm -hmm. And that goal is usually because there is something that's maybe irregular or mm -hmm. lacking I or mean, something some like of, that. So, some of the time, you know, it's as simple as like decreasing their stress, um, increasing their relaxation. So they, when they seem to be stressed, having showing high levels of stress, either by an increased heart rate or yeah, something like you that. Know, lots of the times yeah. I'm there for decreasing agitation right. and okay. increasing their relaxation, yeah. incre um, encouraging them to rest. Um, self-regulate uh, um, I mean it can sometimes be as simple as that where I'm just trying to bring it down and you know help yeah. them to come back to a neutral like homeostasis you know yeah. um, the more that they're stressed you know in stressed states the less likely they're going to be growing um, cool. you know right so so the less likely they um, so the techniques or, mm -hmm. or the um, the approaches that you use on infants can you use them on adults or have you? I think when it comes to relaxation, I find that the similar principle of like offering a very steady beat that's like almost hypnotizing in its regularity helps relaxation. Can you hypnotize people with music? No, no. I don't think I, no, I don't, I didn't mean to say that. No, no, I, I, no, I know, I know. I yeah. was just, uh, separately, I was curious though, if that was possible. No. I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough about hypnosis, hypnosis to really say, but. Yeah. Do you know how, can you use music to put people to, to sleep? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we do. We use music to help, you know, sleep. But adults, can you make, Yeah, oh, I, really? I used to work in a um, Can you put us to sleep unit. right now if you wanted to? <laughs> probably not if you don't you know if you didn't if you didn't want to could you or I probably could <laughs> yeah could you make us upset I think if I if I knew again like if I developed enough of a relationship with you that I knew what songs are like upsetting to you like then right yeah like I could probably cause a lot of harm yeah <laughs> oh yeah oh, that's interesting yeah yeah like there's you know for some people like I've worked in psych psychiatric units as well where like certain songs are really triggering for people and it just sends them into like that a rage. It, I mean, I, it didn't happen to me personally, but it's happened to a lot of people. Like Wait, have other you music done, therapists. have you had music therapy done to you? Um, no, I'm no, I don't, I wouldn't say I have, I have. Yeah. Do people get it for like, if they go through a breakup? Um, I honestly, I haven't had a patient that, or mm -hmm. a client that has come for that reason, mm -hmm. but yeah. I mean, I, I mean, people people seek it out for different reasons, but um, I feel like people use music as like a outlet for breakups anyway. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Without right. knowing mm -hmm. information about the person or anything specific, mm -hmm. are there some sort of general, universal th musical? I don't know things that you can do to get certain reactions out of them. Out of people? Yeah. Well. So, for example, not knowing a song that might trigger some sort of mm -hmm. like response. Mm -hmm. But 
that they they have a connection to already mm-hmm. but just something that is like universally m- universal to- and more i guess instinctual or more basic i guess that can have some sort of effect that makes them react a certain way i mean is there, is there anything like that does that exist or or is it more you I, really yeah. have to know about them? And do you do that? You go through and you interview them, I guess, before you get into the music parts? Or what? Yeah, I mean, it's it's part of the assessment process to kind of, like, hear about, you know, some of your music preferences or, like, if there's any music that is, like, a no-go, you know, like, there's music that's triggering or, um, you know, music you don't want to, you know, that like, some, if people, usually we start with, like, patient-preferred music, so we want to be able to use the music that you identify with because you know what's therapeutic for one person is not going to be therapeutic for another person sure. what kind of music do you identify with do i identify yeah. with? like personally yes yeah um i don't know i like i listen to a lot of music mm-hmm. <laughs> like i listen to everything from like you know mozart to like i don't know like well, what to, about to beethoven like, what about, <laughs> yeah i mean there's like mozart i don't know marilyn manson Chopin. like oh, really? i cool. i can listen to like kendrick lamar like i can listen to um, is there anything you're like, particularly the, fond I don't know, of the carpenters like cole porter like mm-hmm. i'm across the like sure. i feel like i listen to everything mm. yeah. is there anything in particular that you have a leaning towards um i think it kind of depends i think it depends on wh- where well, i'm at <laughs> what about what about recently um, what about like on the way here what are you listening to right now Let's What's see. your favorite? Um, I don't know. I'm if, not really sure. If you so you kind of <laughs> like all kind of music, right? I feel like I see is there the any music you don't like a lot um, or don't identify with at all? Um, off the top of my head, not really. <laughs> I feel I, like I'm pretty good. open. Like, I, well, yeah. I guess mm-hmm. my next question would be in relation to that. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you have to play for your job that you really don't like playing? Oh, but you do yeah. it for the sake of yeah, for yeah, their yeah. for their sake, you know? For sure. Yeah. What's an exa- I mean, can you name an example? Actually, of that? okay. I just thought of, wanna... I just thought of one. Um so yeah, this is just completely personal, but like I used to, you know, I work in pediatrics. I I work in pediatrics mm-hmm. and like, you know, kids are into some weird stuff sometimes, you know? And like I think the weirdest thing that I came across was like Vocaloid music where it's like it's basically like anime characters that have like this computer voice oh. <laughs> and they like sing and um and like people will go to vocal concerts and it's literally like a hologram of like that character so it's like it's not even the is real that something singer. like cmyk or something like that is there anything i, I, okay, I, I don't, don't know i okay. don't think i'm aware enough like yeah. you know when i'm with you know a patient like a a kid or something that's like this is the music i like are they kind of high-pitched voices it's very yeah lots of the time it's very high pitch yeah uh-huh. and so and very like they sound f- um, like altered they yeah. might be female like almost female kind of i feel like most of them were female yeah uh-huh. so i mean that was one where i and then a lot of the oh, subject the matter the, the voice sounds female yeah the voice yeah, yeah, sounds yeah. female but yeah. it's so altered by computers yeah, that yeah. like it's kind of hard to know you know well, did and, you alter it for the kid um, well, you, alter the music. Well, hold, 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 Sorry, I mean, how did going. you? How did you? Sorry. I mean, yeah. Well, go go on. Mm-hmm. Like, they, I mean, in like, that case, I was I was exploring and having like a music discussion with this kid to really de- develop to talk, rapport. To talk like, them develop, out, talk them out of not liking uh, talk them out of liking that music so that you could play them something. No, that you like, right? <laughs> no. I no. mean, we will stay in it if yeah. that's what you know. It, it's really you know we're using at, in this situation. Like I was using the 
music discussion and encouraging her to share about the music that she likes and why and exploring maybe it can we can go into lyrics like we can mm-hmm. you know but just building trust and building rapport and like having no judgment and like total like unconditional positive regard you know like you can trust me we can talk about this stuff like i'm here to see who you are instead of like you know, some random person coming in. Yeah. Now, now that kind of music doesn't really resonate mm-hmm. with you very well, but you did end up playing some of it. Yeah, like we. And you played it on guitar. Or? Yeah, we would. We would. Um, in that situation, I had a couple kids that were into that, and like, yeah, we would. They, one of them was motivated to sing, and the other one wasn't. So I, I don't. It's not like I push it onto them to do it live. Like there was one where we just would literally have music discussions and talk about lyrics and do lyric analysis. And she had a lot, you know, there was a lot of darkness in Mm. the lyrics. There's a lot of darkness in Vocaloid lyrics, I feel like, that, um, you know, some of these some of these kids are kind of using that as a way to kind of voice some of their frustrations or some of the things that they're struggling with. Like there was one that was about bullying and like we talked about bullying and about, you know, self-image and like all this stuff. So that's kind of, that can be music therapy too, where we're just talking and using music as like, again, like the vehicle for trust to be built in a short amount of time. But then for the other girl, it was self-expression, you know, I wanted to encourage her self-expression and self-esteem, and so we were able to have her sing um, on it and, you know, do her own cover of it. Mm -hmm. And through that process, like, be able to build her, um, yeah, allow her for opportunities to express herself. And connect people, too. Yeah. Did you have to perform it? Um, Well, I think it's, like, it's, I think it's important to, like, sort of differentiate. It's it's really not about the performance, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, it's... um, It's just about working with music, yeah, we're Not using it as like a tool. Yeah, yeah. Right, like, right. like the music. But you is, didn't end up performing that music though for them. No, we. I mean, we, we would, we would sing it together oh, or listen would. to it together. Yeah. How did you make your voices sound ro- robotic sounding or, or whatever? <laughs> um, I would just adjust the range so that it was something we could uh, we could handle. Yeah. Did oh, just the range of the original, the source material. Or yeah, like I, I would just like put it in a different key that's like more mm-hmm. um, appropriate for her range and nice. or my range. Yeah. Uh huh. So you did. So so to answer your question, you did alter it a little bit. Yeah, did we we, we did alter it. Yeah, because it's just it would sound it would sound really bad <laughs> like if I left right. it in the range that it was in. You know. Right. So yeah. So um. Oh, I got to oh, go ahead. Yeah. Do they ever record it? Like, do they ever want to record you so they have it with them at all damn times? Um. Yeah. There's times where I've been recorded. Like you know, sometimes in you know the um, NICU, like. I'll have parents or, um, you know, people will record the session. Mm-hmm. And part of it is just to sort of have, you know, it's like memory making. Like we're also making, I have a lot of patients that, um, you know, their prognosis isn't good. And so this is the time in the hospital is like literally the only time they're going to have. And so then music is a really great way to sort of create a space for end of life opportunities, like memory making, legacy building opportunities. Okay. Um for the families to keep with them. Do yeah. some of these people ever get, because of these things you're talking about, get attached to you uh, too much or why? Yeah, I think that um, just like any other therapist, like therapists have to have boundaries, right? Yeah. So, you know, it would be a problem if, if a therapist didn't have a good boundary because, you know, then their patients are going to think they're their friends and, like, they're going to want more from them outside of Well, especially for these, these younger patients, mm-hmm. they must not really be able to differentiate really very well between, you know, a, 
a therapist and, mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. and a friend or whatever, yeah, especially I mean, if they're connecting with you or opening up to you and stuff like that. How do right. you deal with that? I mean, you know, we're trained to really have those boundaries clear from the beginning. How do you make those those boundaries clear? You know, think you know, saying things like, you know, I'm your music therapist, you know, like I'm here, I will come once, you know, basically I come once a week. Do you, you ever know, say I'm, I'm your music therapist, I'm not your friend? <laughs> um there yeah, I think there's times where Have you ever said that I'm not your friend? Uh no, I've never had to, to say that. To anybody. To anybody ever? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You really have. But, yeah, but like, no. I mean, in I a session, tell. in a session, like, I, w- I, I mean, it's just never happened where I've had to be like, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what, Did you what ever... was the other content? Huh? What was the other? Re- well, why'd you tell? You told someone that you weren't your friend. You weren't their friend. I'm just curious. That now that you brought it up. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I've said it before. Maybe with like somebody that was like wanting more from me than I wanted to. Right. I don't know. Oh, I see what you mean. They wanted to be friends with you. And or romantic or something. Or romantically, yeah. And you just had to say, enough is enough. We're done. Or like toxic people. Or like, I don't know. I just or they said they, they wanted to be romantic with you <laughs> and you had to tell them, I'm not your friend. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm, I feel like maybe there's scenarios where people are like trying to be all like, make it so that you're like more friends than you actually are. You know? You're yeah. skipping some steps. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. Or like, like, I don't know, people like come up to you and, you know, think that they're entitled to like your time or something, you know? Right. So yeah. do kids uh, mm-hmm. want to hug you and you say no on that or what? Or do you let them hug you? I think it's like, you know, case by case. Like it's, yeah. I think it's fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I'll, I'll get, you know, if a kid wants to have a hug, then I'll Do you I'll, let you kids know, play your guitar? Um, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Do you kind of tell them, okay, be careful. This is, you know, my guitar. Yeah, I mean, some, sometimes Lester. it's part of part of it. Is I mean, I may, I may not. Or do you have like a guitar that it, you get a separate guitar that they use for that? The yeah, like we. I mean, lots of the times with the kids I work with, it's like the guitars are kind of big for them anyway. So mm-hmm. like, we'll use. Right. I'll encourage them to try ukulele or like, um, but yeah, some of the teen patients I have, like you know, I might. Um, they might play guitar or something, so then I'll be all, you know, I'll totally be encouraging that and right, they if they want to. Ha- has a, a ch- child, not an infant, of course, but mm-hmm. maybe somebody who's in their teens, uh-uh. have they ever played guitar and you thought, oh, shoot, they might be better than me? Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, and that's happened? Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, like, mm-hmm. there's, like, you know, there's some, like, kids that are, like, super into rock and, like, especially the ones that are into, like, metal, like, you know, they're just like, you know, they have like so many. So they can they're shred. They're just like shredding. Does it and feel I'm like they're like, showing I... off to you because they're thinking, do you ever get the, do you ever get the sense that they are trying to show you up? Oh. Mm. And it takes you back to those competitive days in college. <laughs> no. And then it makes you honestly, want to get out of this game too. No, I think it's like <laughs> because you're, else. you know, throughout this whole thing, like it, I, I think it's just like I'm building a relationship, you know, like a therapeutic relationship. And so you know, from the beginning, like we were talking about, you know, what do they like to do? What do they get out of music? Why do they enjoy music? Like what kinds of music, right? Like through that whole conversation, like there's an understanding of just like, mm-hmm. like we kind of mutually come to a point of like, what ways do we want to engage in music, you know? To um, cater to all these different types of people that you come across, mm-hmm. do you have to, st- have you studied all different types of music? Yeah, yeah. I mean, being a music therapist has made me listen to so many different it's kinds of music. Your yeah, it's totally. Music and too. like, there's like things that I didn't think I'd like that I totally like now. Like because, what? Like Zydeco. <laughs> 
like I think I had a, I I had a patient that she was like an older ish woman, and she like was obsessed with Barry Manilow, mm. and so I just like studied up on Barry Manilow, and then I w- at first I was kind of like, okay, like you know, <laughs> like well you know I'll do this so that we can. You know, we can. Mm. I can know the music she likes and everything. Mm. But then after a while, I was like listening to like independently, like listening. To oh, oh, really? Yeah. I was not like, even this for is work. a good song. Right? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, what's know. the st- yeah. strangest music that you've explored because of this job? The strangest, or I guess the. Uh, I mean, Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow. You wouldn't have thought you would have been into, but mm-hmm. I guess something that you didn't even know about. You didn't even know what it was, and you discovered it through through this job. I mean, you know, we we were talking about Vocaloid, like yeah, that, Vocaloid. that was kind okay, of a sure. weird yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. what is this? And you know, they're showing me. I'm all like, where's the singer? And they're like, it's the hologram. <laughs> you know, it's just such a weird thing. I was like, wow, okay. Do you ever transfer yeah. this kind of um, approach to things to your personal life at all? Um, it, what I mean is, is say you have a boyfriend who is. Mm-hmm. likes a certain kind of music and you don't really know much about it mm-hmm. do you kind of try to embrace that so you can kind of connect to him better yeah like or? i feel like yeah i feel like it's made me really open-minded about music yeah. you know like i feel like most people are like i'm really into everything but then you you know then they're like except country or you yeah, know yeah, like yeah. something like that yeah. but yeah, I mean, I've become a lot more open-minded. I think about music because of it. And yeah. you play, you've tried, you've played all these types of music now. Um, some of them, yes. In college, like, did you study different genres too, or did you have to study jazz in college? And um, no, I I think I just happened to also play jazz piano. So, mm-hmm. like, I it's helped me a lot that I already that I was already doing that. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right, right. So, I mean... How often do younger kids like jazz? Um, like, how? What, what age are you talking about? Five years old. Like five? Um, not that often, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, have I have... Have you ever come I've across had... a five-year-old who said, yeah, I like, um, I like Ahmad Jamal, I like, uh, you know, Art Tatum. Yeah, I mean, I like... maybe not Art Tatum or Ahmad Jamal, but I've had a kid that was really into, like, Dave Brubeck and, like... A you know, fi- like a like five-year-old? T- yeah, like really? a, a small kid. Dave Brubeck. Yeah, Dave Brubeck, yeah. Right, okay. and like hmm. they would, because their parents were into it. Oh, you know? that's why. So like a lot of the times, like what the, what a small kid listens to is going to be exactly what their parents like, have you ever gotten older kid, Have you ever gotten a kid who said, I love Kenny G, and then the parents said, I don't know where he's getting that from. <laughs> no, that's never happened. But, <laughs> but I have had parents that are like kind of like looking at me like, sort of guilty like okay yeah it's because i right. i listen to that <laughs> yeah uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. Mm-hmm. like you know they'll say like a, usually they only remember like one word from the song they're like this you know and then i'm just like oh what is that and then the parents will sort of like guiltily be like oh it's this one because i grew up in the 80s or <laughs> ha- have you ever you know? uh, met some, have you ever worked with an adult mm-hmm. who looked a certain way and you just and then they say a kind of music that they like and you just thought, I would have never have thought you were into this kind of thing. Maybe it was some bookish-looking type, you know, mm-hmm. like a librarian type or something. Mm-hmm. Not that librarians have any kind of specific look, <laughs> but not to say that librarians look a certain way. Yeah, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. but it turned out that they were really, they were really into death metal or something like that. Or yeah, like um, it has happened. I'm just trying to think about like what it was, you know. Um, 
Yeah, there have been times where I'll come across somebody that totally doesn't seem like that, and then they're listening to like screamo or death metal or something, mm-hmm. and I'm like, whoa. Um, but I mean, most of the time I'm coming in like without any assumption sure. in the first place, and so, you know, yeah, like maybe based off of their age, like I might try to pull yeah. from what they might know. But I mean, I always start by asking, you know. And and you'll yeah. play metal for them. Have, to. have you ever had to do that where you had to like no I think it's like it kind of comes to this thing where it's like yeah I'm not going to be able to do that so it's just but you know what listen you can, to it yeah aside from the repetitive nature of music mm-hmm. and you know with, with rhythm why else do you think music has this way with people where it can ground them or connect them <clears throat> what, what is it about aside from I mean or is it just purely rhythm um, but is there something else? Is there is it, why why do melodies mm-hmm. why are melodies uh, uh, so effective for people? Yeah, why do those why do melodies connect people? Or is it yeah? You yeah. know what I mean? I, I guess what I mean is is there anything aside from rhythm? Mm-hmm. Uh, rhythm, I think one can understand right that if there's a rep- if there's a repetitive you know nature to that that can people can grasp that pretty mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to other musical elements, why does that have a significant effect on people? Why music? What's, well, so, what, think, what's so special about music? I think what's really special is like, you know, they've done some, like now that we have the capability to actually look at brain scans and observe like what parts of the brain are responding to different things, like they have kind of looked at how do we, what's our brain looking like on music, you know? And then they've found that it's not like there's a music center of the brain that, or it's not like we only listen to music with our sound you know, auditory section of our brain. It's like the whole brain actually, it's one of the few things that can light up all sections of the brain uh-huh. at the same time. And so I think because of that, it's just so engaging. Like it's, it's, I don't know if I can think of very many other things that can use the whole, you know, engage the whole brain. Cause you're thinking about, you know, music brings back memories, yeah. you know? Like maybe have you ever listened to like a song and then you're remembering like a, a summer smell. from yeah or a smell or a smell from a bathroom you know? <laughs> yeah like <laughs> anything you know like there there's so many things that are attached to you know sounds and I guess music um, so yeah like certain songs will bring you back to a breakup or like to a certain time of your life um, maybe a certain moment even you know and so I think because of that it's it's very um, effective. So, do these do experts know why it lights up the whole brain? Um, they're still studying a lot. You know, I yeah. mean, it's such a new music therapy is a pretty new um, area of research, and they're still looking at it. And so, I think it's a really exciting time actually right now because we can actually observe, you know, what what it, what's going on in our brain. Like, why is this happening? You know, but I think. To a certain degree, it's it's also really hard to measure, and so that's why it's it's difficult to gather more research about it. Do you yeah. use musical healing on yourself? I I have yeah, and I think it's been a journey for me a little bit because some you know I think there's times when you're using music so often in like a giving way of like being able to use it to help other people, like there's a certain level of exhaustion where you just like don't want to listen to music when you're done with work, you know? Um, Or yeah, there were periods of my life where I just like really didn't want to listen to music for myself. And that's not good. Like that's actually not a very good thing because if you're not familiar with how this modality works 
for yourself, you know, it, it's kind of like a disconnect, right? So, but yeah, I've used it before, you know, if I'm, you know, sometimes when I'm in the morning, like when I'm having a really hard time getting, you know, waking up, like I might listen, I, I play something that I know like gets me energized or like what, makes what me feel pumped, happy. What gets you pumped up? Oh, I don't know. Right now, I really like the song, um, I Wish I Knew, what is it? I Wish I Knew You? Calvin Harris? No, it was like, how's it? Uh-huh. Like the, I think it's a band called The Resistance. I don't know. I can't you know? remember. Yeah. Uh, no, I, know. I can't say I do. No? Anyway, I just like... I know the different I, modes. I know the I know different things. modes, but I don't know. Or like, know. so other times I like, I really think, I think funk music is really energizing. Oh, yeah? So, is yeah. That, yeah. Is that I, I like funk music. So you play that in the morning? I like Motown music. I don't know. It's just different. It's just me, so... It's, what do you use to go to sleep? Um, I don't really listen to stuff going to sleep. Do you prescribe music to, to patients? <laughs> Um, Do you say, I want you to listen to this three times a day for no. four, four weeks? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'll, I'll encourage them to, like, use music for themselves outside of our session, you know? Like, sort of, inc- like, say if I have patients that are, like, in a lot of pain, like, really consistently, then I'll kind of try, I'll try to show them ways that they can cope with it by using music as a distraction. Um, like, there's research that shows that, like, um, or at least suggests that like if you engage your brain in something like music that is very um like it, it really engages all parts you know your all parts of your brain like we talked about then it can help you to just focus less on pain so that you have less pain perception hmm. so and then that can actually last for a little bit after listening to music even so huh. hmm. so yeah. music as a painkiller as like as, as like distraction, yeah, like decreasing your own perception because you're so busy listening to music that is like that really engages you, wow. you yeah. know, um, as opposed to having nothing, right? Yeah. So yeah, there's like this whole theory, like the gate control theory for pain, where it's like you don't actually feel pain in the place that you feel it. It has to go to your brain first and then mm. come back. So like, oh. like, you know, if you like prick your finger or something, like it's not your finger that's actually feeling it; it's your brain. It's like the nerve ending sends it to the brain, the brain sends it back being like, ow, you know? (laughs) So the whole gate control theory is like, well, if you are making your brain busy with something else, then the nerve signal won't go to your brain. So it doesn't actually go back to it. So then it has like less perception, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like the thing bothering you will still bother you, but it's not, it's not like healing you, but it's definitely helping you to like handle it better. Do you think music is powerful? I think so. Do you think musical yeah. musical ability is is power? Musical ability? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you feel powerful? Like powerful how? Do you feel you have a power over people with music? Not like over people. Like you can control them, is that what you're asking? Or you yeah, well, you can have <laughs> like strong, you can influence them. You can influence them or maybe even manipulate them. No, like I in mean, a positive way. Have you ever used music on someone? Like like in a <laughs> in an evil way. In, in, like in, an in, evil in a, in a, not an evil way, but in a um, <laughs> Yeah. In a way to get something that you wanted. No. Something that you needed. (laughs) Like, I don't, you know, I can't even think of a way that that would happen. Has anybody ever asked you to sing them the happy birthday song or happy birthday to you? And if so, what did you think about that? Oh, my God. It's so funny you ask that because it's like a common complaint with music therapists. Really? Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, this, this is the hard part about being a music therapist is like people really have so many different, like, impressions of what we do right 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 and so like 
you know, nurses or whatever will be all like, oh my God, this patient over here is having a birthday. Like, come over and just sing happy birthday. Like, we're like a traveling mariachi or something. But it's, yeah, it doesn't, I mean, there's times where it works out, you know, where I'm like, yeah, that would help the relationship with the staff. It would help them feel trust with the staff and help them elevate their mood on this day and like Mm -hmm. make it more, you know, if it's something that I know is good for this patient, because I know that patient. Mm -hmm. But if it's just like random patient, I don't even know, like I probably wouldn't. I'd be like, nope, that's not my job. But um, because actually there's some people that are triggered by happy birthday. Really? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, there's there's like a lot of responsibility. Like you, you can't just go in and be like, or else you're just like anybody off the Mm -hmm. street like you have to apply it in a clinical way have you ever worked with an adult Mm -hmm. male perhaps yeah um and they you did some research with them or whatever and Mm -hmm. you know you found out or they told you stuff that they like Mm -hmm. and then you started playing that music for them and you noticed (laughs) 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 i don't know i just I just feel like it's okay. Where are you you're going? building you towards something. Yeah. Okay, bear with me. I don't know what it is. Bear I'm with me. This, like, bear with me on this one. Okay. But have, did you ever notice that <laughs> had a re- they, there was a response or a reaction that was perhaps inappropriate for like, for the setting? Well, be specific. What, that, what are you trying to say? Well, did you ever, did you notice that? Oh, they said they like this, and then they start. You started playing it for them, and you noticed that they were maybe reacting to it. <laughs> Oh, I know. I know, where I know what he's talking about. <laughs> Inappropriately, like perhaps they were, I don't know, perhaps aroused or in some kind of way, or they it was some kind of weird, like sexually aroused. Maybe, maybe music. in that way. And if so, what do you think about? It? <laughs> and if so, what do you think? <laughs> what do I think I'm about sorry. that? <laughs> yeah. um, I feel like that's kind of inappropriate. Yeah. And so, has that ever happened? But has it happened? And you no, know, and, and like, maybe that's inappropriate to even ask. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, not in like direct response to like music or anything. But I think, like, I don't know. Okay, oh. I mean, I'll tell you a story that you'll probably. Okay, think so is it wasn't funny, in response but, to the music, but something did happen, though. Well, I mean, stuff happens. You know, okay, I mean, stuff I've, happens. I've worked with like special needs, you know, right. yeah. both kids and adults, and like, there's behaviors that yeah. happen. I mean, it's a real thing. Right. I mean, I have one example. Like, I observed a session one time where this older this adult with special needs like he was very delayed um you know he had a a behavior where like sometimes randomly he'd just put his hand in his shorts and just start doing it you know so i mean it's just you know that kind of stuff happens like Mm -hmm. sometimes that's part of you know like that's just like a part of their baseline like that's what they do with that happens you launch into a song that will maybe get them out of that? Just no, disarm them? I mean, them, you know? no. I maybe mean, they're, really they're, turn depending, them off? Obviously, like, depending on the person, you know, like, they usually have, like, you know, behavioral interventionists or, like, yeah. things like that um, <clears throat> where they address those types of behaviors and try to, like, minimize behaviors or, like, redirect behaviors. And so in that case, they just, like, they would just put a pillow on his lap and then he'd just be fine. Like, he was... It, it was It was just, like, complete, like, switch off of... Mm-hmm. But, but to go to the... Uh, back to the question. So never music. You haven't seen music specifically have that kind of effect on someone. Not not in my experience. Do you think that you could be capable musically of getting that kind of response? Just out of curiosity. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like I don't like I, I like the first thing that just came to my mind is like 
like people there's like baby making music like people have like playlists right. that they like right. for exactly yeah that yeah, kind yeah. of thing so Makes i'm like sense. you know there's music for everything you know yeah 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 but yeah. it's like in a you know obviously in a therapeutic context and like that kind of context i don't think that's something i've ever come across mm-hmm. yeah right 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 <laughs> you you haven't actually yeah. have you dealt with have you ever dealt with uh, someone who had you know like <laughs> <laughs> What? Know, what? What? Just keep going. Well, I was just gonna say someone who ha- you know had maybe you know, impotence or something like that, and oh, that's a, you know, that's a good you one. You know, and and then they you needed to maybe use music to help. They needed maybe there was a way that music could help them in that regard. That's a good. That's like good that. actually. What did you What did you think I was gonna say? I don't know. I just didn't trust it. <laughs> but well, no, no, I'm just. I I, I just uh, anyway. I don't know. I mean, I I personally have never had a patient that's like that's their problem. Yeah. Um, it might be like a side problem, but I mean, I think that, um, I mean, I think again, it's like, it's good to bring it back to the goals. Like, what are your goals with this patient? And like, most of the time, it's not gonna be like, <laughs> my goal is secure impotence. I'm sorry, what, <laughs> like, what, okay. what <laughs> You know what it is? Yeah. Why, like, why would they, now I'm just thinking about it. It's like, why would they come in? I don't know, just for that one. How do they take reason. that with them? It's not like a, it might just help them for like that one session. Oh no, no, because she can t- teach. You know, like prescribe for them almost. You know, something. You know what I mean? No, or, it you know, doesn't. Like, it's not. It oh, doesn't oh work okay. That oh, it doesn't no. work. That no. You know, I mean, like I'm or, not going to prescribe music, like, and that's going to guarantee it have this. I mean, or, I think the thing you have to remember is like there's a therapeutic relationship, and that's kind of the core of the. But work, you can kind you of know? encourage them to you know engage in certain practices or something that might help them in some right. way on their own, right? Um. <laughs> I mean, this is for anything, you know. Well, but they take, or yeah, like, do you ever I mean, encourage, like, homework, I, for I mean, example? I encourage people to use music therapeutically, you know, mm-hmm. for themselves. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, like, listen to music if it makes you feel good. Like, listen to it if it helps you when you're sad. Have you, you know? ever met right. a patient who said, I don't like any music? Yeah. What, okay, how do you deal with that? How do you start that? Well, it depends, like. It's not like everybody is appropriate for music therapy, you know? Like, some people, it's really not not for them. Like, mm-hmm. they really aren't going to respond to it. They don't want to do it. But and have so, you ever had a breakthrough with somebody where they they were they were convinced they didn't like music, mm-hmm. they're not going to connect, you know, with music, mm-hmm. and then you showed, you, you opened their mind to that, or, or you did make a connection through music somehow. Did that ever happen? Yeah, there, there are times when there was, yeah, there have been times where, you know, in the beginning, like it was more of like a front where they're just like, I don't want, I don't want you here, you know? And so mm-hmm. it was like their way of saying, I, you know, I'm not, I'm resisting, you know, I'm yeah. resistant to this whole thing. And so, you know, usually it's again, like you're sort of making these judgments of like, are, do they really not enjoy music at all? Like they're not motivated by it at all? Or is this something that we can kind of explore and see? (laughs) So, I mean, that's all part of the assessment process too, is like, maybe they're super not motivated by it. And in that situation, how did you make a breakthrough? How did you connect with them in the end? Um, I think, um, it's just like, again, like building that relationship and building some trust with them. And then it starts. How do you build trust? Just, it's like you're you talk to them. You just you talk know, to them. And okay. learn, you talk to them. You, know. you share a little bit. You talk. Do you to ever them. have to open up about yourself to get their trust? Um, most most of the time, that's kind of discouraged. Yeah. is like don't don't share and self disclose too much, right? Right. And I think only in like do it very mindfully. Is mm-hmm. kind do you feel of like that has worked in gaining trust? Is sharing a little bit? Yeah, from sometimes yourself? it has. Yeah, there's there's times, um, you know. I'll self-disclose a little bit to to kind of 
help them feel more safe. Have you ever shared too much, you think, um, on accident? I think like when I was like an intern, like, yeah. there were times mm-hmm. where people would ask me too much. Yeah. And then I felt pressured to answer. Yeah. And then it just didn't really help. Now when people ask you, what do you say? Oh, I'm... Usually I, there's ways to redirect it, you know, oh, like if, so if something. somebody, yeah, I mean, if somebody asks, usually you'll ask them like a good way to do it is like, oh, why do you ask, you know? So then you mm. kind of turn it around to them. Like, why do they want to know this, you know? Yeah. Um, like I, you know, sometimes I'll have parents or families be like, you know, are you religious? Are you Christian? Are you, you know? And then oh, I'll, I'll ask them like, why do you ask that? You know? And then they're like, well, I don't know. I just, I kind of, you know, usually they don't really. And then you got them. Well, so then <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I usually try to keep that a little bit separate from, you know, what we're doing in that case. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So there's ways that you can kind of like redirect it a little bit. So you're not talking about that. Or like, I think sometimes, you know, like. You know, people ask you, like, how old are you? Or, like... You don't tell you know. them. Um, no. Yeah, not, usually not unless, obviously, unless I feel that it's, like, something that'll help the trust. But have you most ever, of the time, it doesn't matter. Have so. you ever not told them the truth just to, for some reason? I don't know. What? About it? yourself. Something that was not, mm-hmm. you know, it was just more just to appease their curiosity, but you didn't really want to get personal and you just told them something? Um... No, I feel like usually you can just like redirect it, you know. And um so. did you um did did you ever meet somebody who really didn't like any kind of music and mm-hmm. then you did open them up to music. So they weren't doing it as a front. Mm-hmm. They just really didn't like music mm-hmm. or they just mm-hmm. really had no interest in or didn't respond to music mm-hmm. and then you actually did make some kind of connection where they were With responding. The music? Yeah. I don't know. I think I have yet to have that mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. Yeah, and why would somebody even, or I guess their family contacts you to get if if someone doesn't like music and they don't even want to do this, that's like like in a hospital or something. Sometimes, yeah, like the the times that it has happened where it's just I've been like, yeah, they're not really a good match for this, you know, is like, you know, nurses or doctors might kind of put in a referral for music. So in the medical setting, lots of the times you're referred patients to, I guess, like it's like an order for music, and so we'll go and do an assessment to see if it's something that's appropriate, you know? So, like, there's times where they put in a referral so that we can assess, and then we assess that it's inappropriate, you know? Um, Have you ever worked with a patient Mm -hmm. repeatedly and you found that you were not making any progress at all? And when that happens, Mm -hmm. what do you do? Um... Like, you know, not making progress, like we're Well, not you were not getting any close to their goal, mm-hmm. any way close to their goal, and you weren't connecting with them. Have you ever had, have you ever not been successful in connecting with someone? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's happened a couple times. And then lots of the times, you know, it's like maybe they need a different therapist, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not everybody, like, it's kind of, like I said, it's like it's other ther- it's like other therapies. Like, some therapists you're going to connect with, and some of them you're How do not. you feel about that? Does, how does that make you feel? Do you feel like... Oh, this just wasn't the right match? Or do you feel like you never think of it as something that was your fault necessarily or anything? No, right? yeah. It's it's like... Has anything ever been your fault? Um, Have you ever made any mistakes? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I've made mistakes, like, but... I've she ne- revealed too much. She shared too much, maybe, okay. but... Yeah. yeah, but I've never, like... I, I guess... I, I've never, more like, specific, What are mistakes you could possibly make, you know? That would completely, like, jeopardize a relationship? Uh, or? That, or even just something minor, too. What are... I mean, I, I guess you mm-hmm. said sharing too much, maybe, but 
um, are are there uh, and not even used mm-hmm. uh, specifically, but what are mistakes music therapists can make? Well, yeah, no, actually, that's a good question. Like, you know, I think a lot of the times people think that music is just like it's never going to be harmful. Like, there's no way that this could ever be a bad thing, but it can. Like, there, it hundred percent can be bad. Like. If you, as the therapist, are forcing somebody to do an intervention that they don't want to do and it's not something that they, you know, like, there there can be harm in that. Like, yeah. so say, you know, in an intervention, like, we're talking, you know, sometimes we work on goals like self-advocacy or, like, self-autonomy. So, like, being able to make your own decisions and, like, giving them opportunities to have control within the session, right? Yeah. So then, I don't know, I feel like there could be, you know, just as an example like there could be room for some harm if you're just like never allowing them to make their decisions within the session yeah or um, if you're not honoring their point of view or you're not you know Mm -hmm. you're judging them within the session like you there's a lot of harm that can happen between the therapist and the patient just like you know in other therapies as well um but then like i said too there's some music that can be triggering and then if you're not recognizing that and like you know you're not removing that or you're not processing that properly with them um it can be really it can be really bad yeah have you ever mm-hmm. you know maybe when you were first starting out with this mm-hmm. and made any of those mistakes at all or any missteps and stuff or yeah like and how did you I try think, to fix them you know there Once was a time yeah. in my like in my field work at school you know there we we were doing like a psychiatric group you know and there were people that had you know bipolar disorder and like schizophrenia in that group and so you know one week would be like a whole you know just really nice and like very engaged and everyone's you know participating but then another week you know they might just be all of them are just like psychotic or something you know Mm -hmm. and so there's times where you have to be you have to be very careful about just making sure that um you know, what you're offering and then you're watching their responses and that you're not like escalating their, you know, behaviors or their moods. Did you accidentally escalate? I feel like, yeah, maybe it's, it's hard to remember now, but I do remember debriefing later with a supervisor and you know, they were saying that kind of, they noticed like a beginning point. And then what ended up happening was they just left the room. They just stormed out of the session. Ah. And so, you know, do you remember what it, what specifically like caused it caused that them storming out I was there don't know. something I musically mean, that happened or I think I think it might have just been you know a combination of just them being very like what chord agitated. did you strike <laughs> like what which chord yeah, li- yeah literally what chord <laughs> did you strike no I don't I don't think it was that I mean it it's hard to remember I can't remember yeah, what yeah, exactly yeah. it was but yeah sometimes it can cause like I've I've had friends like process with me like oh my god i feel terrible because i used this song that was about that had themes of drug abuse and there was somebody in there that was struggling with it and then they just like storm out of the room like not angry but just like they're very emotional or like and you know saying things like you know i wasn't prepared for this like you know things like that and so um and then other times too like you have to think about the themes of the music right so some music will be suggestive yeah about drugs or like violence or um you know sex you know and so for different populations like those are going to be completely mm-hmm. like triggering yeah. yeah and so now yeah. conversely what is what was your best move <laughs> like my proud moment what, what is your, your proudest moment or most fulfilling um uh-huh. experience working with a patient or or not or maybe you don't have one but maybe one of them one of the most 
fulfilling mm-hmm. and or proudest moments you've had or rewarding expo- yeah and and something that you felt like you did the just the right thing and it and it worked just right and mm-hmm. you know you made a lot of progress and and everything well, like that yeah i think luckily there's like there's a lot of moments that are like that you know sure. does like, anything stick out in your mind in particular that i mean the one that kind of came to my it's going to be kind of sad but mm. um like i had a an infant that was um like end of life, like he had lived like seven months and I had developed a really good relationship with mom. Okay, and, I'm sorry, yeah. the infant was only had a certain amount of time to, to live? No, 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 he, oh. he, he had made it to seven months and then he passed. I see, yeah, yeah. But he was like... Did you know the you didn't whole know way? No, yeah, the whole way we weren't like it's it's hard to know every step of the way like what what's gonna happen. But what, what was yeah. the problem with the infant? What was? Um, I think he had so many layering issues. Yeah. Like, I mean, a lot of there's like he was having rest, chronic respiratory failure. Mm-hmm. There were heart issues. There were like just multiple things. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's situations like that, and then I had developed a good relationship with mom and. You know, throughout there was a lot of memory making that was like successful, and there was like a lot of um, we did songwriting processes too. So like I would with the seven month year old. No, 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 or with the mom. Like this was mo- this oh. is like with mom. So mm-hmm. most of the oh, you were working with the mom. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. yeah, to help her with like the altered bonding process. Like it's not the same kind of bonding you do at home. So like I'm giving her alternative ways to bond, and she was very, like you know, lots of the times I'll come into a room with first you know parents that I. They've never been in a NICU before, and they, they don't know music therapy or anything. And then they're sitting like really far away from like an isolate or the warmer, um, and they're just overwhelmed, honestly. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, you kind of gradually, you know, give them tools and like ways to, and other ways of being able to bond with their baby. So if they can't hold them, for example, because they're intubated or something, like you can use your voice, you can use touch, you know, and like train them in different ways to recognize the positive or negative signs and empower them to in their parent roles. So, you know, I was able to do that with this mom over a long period of time. We wrote a song um, together, like about her son, like, you know, dedicated to her son. And then I think it just was like, I felt proud of my work with this family because at the end, you know, when he passed, like, um, they had lots of footage and lots of, you know, uh, memories of like times that were not all just sitting in the hospital. Yeah. Um, and they were able to play. They invited me to the funeral and then they played some of that footage as oh, part wow. of like the video. And then they were also um, able to play like the song that mom had written that, you know, contained some memories of you know, this, this little baby. And Damn, so, that's amazing. Yeah, so I felt I felt really proud of that work, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was okay for you to get that kind of clo- cur- close with the... Yeah, I mean, patient, I when it comes to, like, funerals and stuff like that, like, it's kind of... It's sort of case by case, like, person to person. Um, you know, you do have to think really hard about your boundaries. Like, why are you, why do you, why are you going, right? Because, <laughs> like, I've been invited to many different funerals or memorials, and it's just, like... Most of the time, I'm just, I can't. I just, it's too much. I've done my work. We've terminated our services. Like, it's, this is it, you know? But, um, you know, in that case, there was, like, a lot of closure that I think I was gaining from that. And then also from, for the family, it was part of the whole termination of this, you know? So, in that situation, I felt it was appropriate to go. Right. Um, But, yeah. Is it hard to not get invested emotionally in 
your patients? Yeah, I think, I, I don't think it's hard. You know, if you have the right, if you're setting up the right boundaries for yourself, mm-hmm. like it shouldn't be difficult. But um, you did get a bit invested in that particular yeah, case, Yeah, like, right? I mean, obviously you're sad, you know? Yeah. Like when, when this stuff happens, you're sad yeah. with them. Um, it's it's really, nobody wants this to happen. Does this know? job ever make you cry? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> sometimes, but I mean... Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever cried in front of them by any chance? No, yeah. no. I've never. I'm really good, I think, about not crying at like in a session or at work. And yeah. we, I, I, we asked this similar question, yeah. but did you ever, <laughs> it before with the, uh, the pediatrician mm-hmm. that we talked to, yeah. did you, um, have you ever been working with somebody and there was something that was just really sad to you or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or maybe even happy, I don't know, but you had to eventually leave so they didn't and you had to go somewhere and cry or something so that they didn't see you or no like i i've never actually had like that acute like i'm gonna have a cry attack like Mm -hmm. it never i've never had that Mm -hmm. i know some therapists that have that like it's it's you know person Mm -hmm. to person like different people will do different things like i have some therapy like some i've had some um therapy interns that would like you know, have a hard time sometimes with like not feeling like they're going to cry and not feeling like they can keep it together. But I mean, some of that is like, you know, you're working on, you know, as like a growing therapist, they're an intern, like they're still working on being able to build those boundaries. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, yeah. personally, I've never had that. Are you more used to it now? Or is this something you were always used to? I don't know. Like, I remember the first time, like I was working on like a cancer unit, like for adults, like there were definitely moments where I felt teary. Like yeah. um, there was like a, a hu- there was like a couple that I worked with in my field work before where they, um, he had terminal like stage four like brain tumors and he it was to the point where he was basically paralyzed. Um, but they were they knew they had a finite amount of time left and like there were some really intimate like beautiful moments we were able to have with the husband and wife like processing their memories and what they mean to each other, you know? Like and you process reflecting. their memories through music. Sometimes, yeah. Like, I mean, there were things like, um, you know, certain songs yeah. or, you know, cert- that really connected them to memories of things that they did before he got sick. And so, you know, these were just avenues and ways to open up these conversations, you know? Because normally, and day to day, like, what do you want for lunch? And how are you feeling? Like, can I you know, move your foot this way or that way. Like, it's just like, you're not going to go straight to some of these like really important emotions that you want to say. So being able to create that space. And um, I remember like, yeah, I was like a student then. And I, I remember kind of feeling like, oh my God, I got to like keep this together. Cause it was just, there was a moment where they were like hugging each other and just like sobbing. Like it was, it was just so hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you an and emotional so, person? Um, <laughs> I feel like I can be, yeah. Do you cry often? Um, not often. I don't. Well, how often cry do you cry? Often. Would you say? Um. Once a week, once a month, once a year. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. You don't cry that often, though. <laughs> not that often, yeah. And you're not maybe t- you're not super emotional or what? No, like it, uh, like in what way, like? Well, I guess my question is, do you feel like? Being emotional is bad or good for the, the job. 
I think it's good for empathy. Yeah. You know, like if if you have if you're in touch with your emotions, I think it's it's very important to be able to have empathy and compassion. But it, but it's not good because you don't want to be too emotional. I guess. I mean, or, yeah. or you, you don't want to have too much. Be too emotional, or you're gonna not be able to have that distance or whatever. Right? Well, yeah, I think it's it's a, it's like the balance of like being in touch with your emotions, but then having good boundaries, right? You feel you have a good balance? I think so, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I've been able to build a good balance. Build a good balance. And how did you yes. go about building it, that, that balance? I think there's, there's a lot of little things you do, like, you know, making sure um, like your time is your time, you know? Mm-hmm. So like if you're not working or you're not working on things for work, yeah. then you're just like compartmentalizing like work and then your life like a lot of like interns will ask me like how do you take care of yourself like how do you not burn out you know because you know burnout's a conversation I think in our in our field um and so usually like the, the best advice I can give is just like make sure that your life is like very interesting and vibrant and fun and like you're doing a lot for yourself that's like completely yeah. You know, so that it's not like your job, your life is your job, right. but your life is, you have your own life and your job is just part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think being So you don't take your work home with you usually? No. Yeah. And yeah. the cool thing is like, because I work, different music therapists have a different gig, but you know, I work in a medical system and so usually it's actually bad. Like you don't want to bring your work home and chart at home. Like that's not safe for yeah. like confidentiality and safety. Do you, do you live so, with anyone? No, I don't. I live with my cat. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. You don't take anything out on your cat or anything. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> no, yeah. No, but I do have to be careful about I mean, I guess, like yeah. making sure I don't talk about work too much like with my friends and family. Like then I'm like burdening them. And sometimes I, I did have to kind of go through a process of like, oh, talking about work for me is like totally different from them talking about how their work day went, you know? Mm-hmm. And I have to be very mindful about like what I get. Like sometimes I'll just prattle on about work and then they're just like crying, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh crap, I'm sorry, you know? And so, yeah, sometimes I don't realize that some of the stuff that I do is like. Have you ever hard. employed some of the things you do? Uh, when dealing with people in your life, significant others, family members, friends? Um, like, how so? Yeah, have you ever just used music to, I don't know, either elevate your relationships with mm-hmm. people in your life or, 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 or deal with is- issues, tension, deal with tension between p- different people different in your people? life? Um, mm. I have, like, used... I think like knowing the power of like music and memory and like on relationships and stuff like sometimes I'll use it like for my like my dad had a birthday recently and then I was trying to think about what's like a really meaningful gift and then I decided to just like record a song that I was singing and I chose one that was very significant to both of us so in a way I kind of like selected a song based off of our history and mm-hmm. then I used it as like a way and I knew it would mean a lot to yeah. him. It was like a song gift and we, we I do that sometimes with families, yeah. And so I was like, in a way, I guess I kind of so like you did, yeah. It for it's myself. Draw, draw yeah. from your job, yeah. And he was like, he totally loved it. Like he was, he was just so touched. Like, yeah, he was really touched and um, yeah, it was it was really nice. He and then he it. talked about, in the past, you know, I've I've done that before for like other gifts with him. And like he he even like shared memories about the song and why it was important to him that I didn't even know about. So yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's kind yeah. of nice. do, you, do you write music? Not for myself. Because you write yeah. for the job sometimes, I right? I do, you, you yeah. Write with... Like I'm working on songwriting, like just for my own professional development. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really trying to work on my songwriting skills so that the song products that I'm able to make with families is like of a higher quality. Because I, I just think that it's more meaningful when they aesthetically find it pleasing, you mm-hmm. know? So... How, you know, I just have been asking myself, like, how can I expand my skills so that I can make it more aesthetically pleasing for them so that it's something that'll be meaningful. Yeah. When you when you play guitar, mm-hmm. are you strumming most of the time or are you in the job? Mm-hmm. Are you strumming most of the time or are you picking? Like both. It's like uh-huh. a good balance of both, depending. In NICU, it's usually finger picking because in what just, in what um, NICU. Like the the neonatal intensive care unit. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the infants, it's usually finger picking. Yeah, because um, it's uh, that's a little. It's, it's just a little like less a, harsh, I guess. Yeah, or yeah. It's like one, you know, one note at a time, mm-hmm. and we just like it's it's more gentle than like strum. Like you get like. So do you when you sing when you're singing? Do you ever have to be harsh about your voice, or you, usually is it pretty soft and? Like harsh, yeah. Like screaming, like yeah. to any to any to certain patients. I mean, yeah, do, yeah. Do you ever have to like change? Do you have alter to have my effect, voice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever have to affect your voice, or yeah. even like uh, yeah, any better style, or, yeah, or something like that, or yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have no, to have to? Like, I mean, you know, kind of go deep. Put strain on your voice. For I mean, I I think that just honestly, I think like when you're singing as often and all day as you do like in this work like yeah you have to think about your vocal health like my voice gets tired yeah like after a whole day of talking and singing yeah what do you do when your voice is tired you just don't use your voice what about there's nothing (laughs) you take honey or something yeah drink anything oh yeah i think um does that stuff really work I think I did attend like a class about vocal health and then I think they said like it can help you know how you feel but I think the best thing you can do is there's certain ways like maintenance over time like drinking a lot of water um there's things like don't eat you know two hours within two hours before you go to bed mm-hmm. like I've, mm. I've heard three yeah yeah two. or um for vocalists oh no for anybody yeah or like you know if oh, you're gonna yeah. drink coffee like i don't know caf- like anything dehydrating basically is going to be bad for your voice oh, but yeah? then also using a certain range of your voice to maximize the yeah. volume without so much effort you know mm-hmm. so oh. there's different things you can do like to use different parts of your voice are there people out there mm-hmm. who don't believe in music therapy or don't think it's effective are, are, yeah, probably. Yeah. And people not not pe- patients who come in who are being resistant <laughs> at first, but are the people who think, you know, oh, this isn't really helping people physically or emotionally, or maybe they're maybe they're more skeptical of one aspect of it or something. Are, are there people who are skeptical of music therapy? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. What do they say? And uh, what, what do they say I mean, about it? And I mean, I think that lots of the time. Like, there's a lot of people that'll minimize music therapy, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of the time it's because they don't know a lot about it or they're, they're not understanding that, um, you know, the way that it's applied, yeah. I guess. And so, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think. but Yeah, and then have... And have you had ever had parents mm-hmm. be skeptical of it, but they're doing it anyway? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, I've had pac- pa- uh, parents and also adult patients that are just kind of like, oh, like, here you are again. Like, you know, why are you here? <laughs> well, how do you react to that? How do you? Like, I just try to, you know, I mean, they're not kicking ever... me out, you know. Right. So it's just kind of like. Do you ever say to them things like, it, but... okay, I know you don't believe yeah. this. I know this yeah. is probably seems silly to you, but mm-hmm. here's what we'll do. And yeah, so on and, and, so and forth. You, I, I think like lots of the times, like sometimes minimizing it that way. I think sometimes with teenagers, like they'll be all like, oh my God, like you're like the music lady, like really? Oh <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Do you ever tell them about the uh, yeah. the research done? I mean, sometimes, like sometimes, you know, we, we will if, if it's, if it's like, again, like if it's relevant to what we're doing and yeah. if it's something that Hell they yeah. seem like they would benefit from knowing, like there's some teenagers that'll totally like be down with it and they, you know, maybe they're in a lot of pain, like, or they're dealing with chronic pain or something like that. And, you know, them knowing about relaxation or like the whole pain theory, you know, things like that kind of is something that's interesting to them. Right. But yeah. Have you ever had someone, okay, have you ever had a teenage, <laughs> no, nah, nah, I guess a teenager wouldn't be able to do this, but uh-huh. have you ever had someone have a crush on you from this and then they pretend to have problems so that they can keep going back to you? <laughs> no, no, I haven't really had that situation. What about teenage boys though? Yeah, I mean, I think there's times where they have a harder time with the boundary maybe. Like, like what are they trying to ask you to prom maybe or no not not like that but like i have had like some where they're you know sometimes it can feel really like they're just like oh what's your facebook or what's your social oh, media yeah. you know oh and yeah. then i'm just like oh i can't give you that you know but they'll find it no. do you think no, like so oh you have has anyone ever found never you? happened no one's yeah, found they've you? never mm-hmm. found me and right. so yeah so i just yeah i'll kind of explain like yeah it's like sort of you know that's a yeah. hospital policy like we're really not allowed to do that actually right so, yeah um and then i don't know or like they might be like how old are you, you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> like how old are these people you're talking about um I mean, you don't have to say i mean yeah. i mean we'll cut it out too if you want i, mean, I, I think like sometimes uh, what like how old are the patients yeah oh is that what you asked yeah that you're talking about oh sorry I, yeah i thought you were I, said asked, I, mean, I thought you asked how old she was which i said oh you don't have to that's say. funny but you were still curious <laughs> Oh no, I I know I I'm not really curious. I mean, I know. did so. No. I mean. Um. Well, yeah. So like, I think, you know, in like a in a kids hospital, like they they can be as old as like twenty four. Right. Like, so like your age, you're around there. Sometimes they're. <laughs> no, I'm just fine. <laughs> no, you should cut that so, out. Sorry. <laughs> sometimes um. Yeah, like, I mean, they're, like... Damn, 24, and what like, are they... Sometimes they're, like, grown... Yeah, like, basically grown people. Oh, so yeah. and, they're, and they're looking f- to try to connect with you online, so... Wh- but wh- I've had, like, I mean, I've worked with adults, you know? Like, adults, <laughs> like, that's, right, like, a right. similar thing, right? And what are, what's their what's their issue? What? Like, those 24-year-olds, what are they... What are they, like, why are they in the yeah. hospital? I mean, a lot of the time when they're, like, older and they're still in a children's hospital, it's because they have, like, a condition or a chronic condition that's, like, kept them in the hospital for since childhood. Okay. And so there's certain things where it's, like, the doctor there is just going to know them, you know, better. Or, like, they are more comfortable with all the nursing stuff. Like, it's just, right. like, they, it's like their family almost, you know. So sometimes there's re- reasons like that, but then... They usually do get transferred to an adult unit. Have you yeah. ever worked with a patient who you've thought you were really intrigued by their story and mm-hmm. you really started to like them and you thought to yourself, hmm, 
too bad this is a professional environment because um, otherwise I'd, I'd be interested in pursuing a, maybe a relationship with oh, this like person. Oh, like dating them? Yeah. Has that ever happened? <laughs> um, not like dating, uh-huh. but like there there have been people that I've come across that I'm like, this person is so cool. You know, like. You wish you were friends? You wish yeah, you could be friends, like, but you I'm can't just, because yeah. you have to Damn. set that boundary. Exactly. You know what? Yeah. Hmm. Working in a hospital, do you see some visually intense things oh yeah like all the time you do uh, yeah and smell and, things and, too and yeah. smells too yeah well, no, what is the most intense crazy. thing you've smelled there and seen mm. and were they the same thing and if not you know what were they and like there's there's some infants that have something called an emphalocele and it's like they're basically born with their organs outside of their body mm. so that can be kind wow. of like, that can be kind of a lot to take what in. organs um, like Which usually, organs? like their bowels. It's hard to their know. Their intestines are it. not in their body. They're like coming it's out born of their body. Outside, yeah. Are they coming out of their like rectal their ab- area? No, oh, their no, abdomen. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. So they have to like, they have to go through a lot of. Um, so you see their intestines. Um, or is like it covered? I will, usually when I see them, it's like covered. Mm-hmm. Like they have it contained in right. some kind of way, but it is like a big like. There's like a mass on their yeah. body. But I mean. Um, different ones like it's like a clear you know sometimes I'll watch I'll be there as like procedural support or like um, I've been there for procedural supports that were pretty nasty like some what procedural support what's that Um, so basically helping to decrease the patient's like anxiety or agitation by providing distractions from the procedure they're getting yeah so maybe it's like a dressing change or like you know uh, like a blood draw or like something that's kind of unpleasant and then trying to help to minimize the trauma of it by providing distraction. Yeah. Have you ever played during a surgery? Not during surgery, but I do have um, music therapist friends that have. Yeah. And it it was, it was hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're in the same room. Well, yeah. So I just actually talked to a friend of mine who she was playing, like she was there for the surgeon to help him because oh, he was anxious really? about the, really? not about like a oh, brain wow. surgery he was doing no so he, he was just like you're really helping you know wow, wow. that's so interesting yeah to like help so the him doctors study. use you guys too some sometimes yeah. yeah i mean i haven't had that happen yeah. but in her in her previous work that's she has yeah. they have to be in scrubs and all that i guess huh? oh yeah like we're ice I wear gowns, and I've gotten really good at playing with gloves. Do you have to cover up the instrument, too, with something? No, like, we try to use instruments that are sanitizable, but it's it's pretty hard on the instruments, actually, but, yeah. Oh, it is? I mean, the strings will rust, and you have to change them, and, yeah. 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 Um, Did you, what are some smells, what are some intense smells that you've come across? I think, like, the one that comes to, I mean. Were they from children or adults? It's like both. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. sometimes, you know, urine smells can be mm-hmm. pretty strong in hospitals or like psych psych wards too. Mm-hmm. Like their hygiene isn't the best. Um, it, I think oh, in with, psych wards? Hygiene's not the best? Well, sometimes I've noticed that sometimes it's not always, yeah. But hygiene from the patients or from the people working there? The, the patients. I mean, meaning they're not yeah. keeping the places clean. Like other, No, the patients. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just remember... Um, like, I remember one time I, when I was working in psych, like, walking into the unit. It was geriatric psych, so it was, like, older adults that also have psych issues. And so then, yeah, they, like, it was, like, a strong, like, urine stench, I remember. Urine. But, but, I mean, I think other ones I've had, like, I, I was, like, doing procedural support for a baby who had, like, cellulitis one time. Yeah, what's that? It's, like, basically, like, 
It's like a buildup of fluid because I, I think it's kind of like a sore or like an infection where there's like a lot of buildup of fluid under the skin. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not medical, so I don't know everything. I just know what was going like what it looked like. And so he was he had it all on his back. And so what they do for that is they actually like incise and then like put like gauze under the skin so that it soaks up all of the liquid yeah (laughs) and then they let it soak up for a while and then they every few hours or increment of time they take out like a you know some from the back like they take out some and then cut some off and like gradually take out the gauze what does it smell like oh i don't even like i that was a really hard one because i was like right up there with the pa- with the patient trying to like are you afraid the fluid is going to get on your instrument um no because i'm i mean i mean it's happened before but like oh, usually fluid I, has gotten on your instrument? i mean just a little bit like i i think i've does that I, bother you at all i mean it's not not i mean have you ever gotten blood no. on your instrument someone else's blood not blood no mm-hmm. no but, but fluids though yeah like mm-hmm. um Sometimes that happens, but what do you do? You just disinfect. You and stuff? disinfect the, it. It really is hard on the strings. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, in that I remember. Do you have any stains on your guitar? Stains? Yeah. No. From this kind of stuff. Yeah. No, it doesn't happen often. Like it's mm-hmm. not like it. It's yeah. like squirting <laughs> bodily right. oh, yeah. fluids everywhere. It's not like that. It's usually like. Ha- yeah. Have you ever smelled something so bad that you couldn't be in there? You you just had to leave. No. Did everything ever make you gag? There were times where it was close. Oh, really? Yeah. So are you having to sing at the same time, too? Yeah. (laughs) So you were trying to sing and not throw up? I I do remember for that cellulitis kid, like, I was breathing out of my mouth. Because it, it was pretty bad. Wow. And also, and visually speaking, it was just a lot. Like, they're, they're, they're basically pulling out, like, long mm. yards of, like, gauze that had, like, that was soaked with, like... How old was the kid? He was, I don't know, like, young. Yeah. He, I mean, but he wasn't a baby, though. He was, like, an, a toddler. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you, um... Go. You're just like so grossed out uh, right now. No, I'm fine. So, um, yeah. have you? Wow. So, and you're trying to sing while not while while yeah, while I this mean, is I, I was intense using, procedure and and, mm-hmm. and this sm- intense smell is happening. Yeah, it was a lot to take in. Yeah, I mean, in a way, like I felt <laughs> in that moment, I almost felt like I was also distracting myself. Like, yeah. as well as the patient. What were you yeah. singing in that case, just out of curiosity? I mean, for that kid, you know, because he's so young, like, I'm using music that he is motivated by. Yeah. And so he really liked his familiar, like, kid songs. Yeah. So we're doing things like, you know, Old McDonald and Wheels on the Bus and, yeah. you know, get letting him choose different wow. parts. Like, do you want to do this or that? I mean, get, just doing anything I can to, like, yeah. keep him engaged on me. Does the yeah. juxtaposition of doing kids songs like you know old mcdonald or whatever and wheels on the bus Mm -hmm. wow this pretty graphic thing is happening (laughs) does that juxtaposition trip you up at all yeah does that trip you out i mean trip you up and trip you out it doesn't trip me it it doesn't like make me screw up necessarily i mean there's definitely moments where i am just sitting there in a session and i'm just like this job is crazy yeah you you know you, you go outside of yourself for a second and look at it and think I'm over here playing Old McDonald, <laughs> and then there's fluids coming out of this kid right here. Yeah. That's trippy. There's times where I'm just like, whoa, like, this is a crazy situation, you know? <laughs> and then I do remember, like, afterwards, I had to, like, take a moment of just like, wow, 
I need to process a lot, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. that was a lot to take in. I've never seen anything like that before, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Does that make you feel like you can, that if you were to get into performing not for work, mm-hmm. or for a different kind of work, I guess, for entertainment purposes, that you could um, fare better in more dire kind of environments you what, know like it just like a biker survival. bar or something like that or it's <laughs> just somewhere more intimidating but because you've performed in front front of people who've been you know having yeah. gauze taken out of them or whatever i mean no i mean it's like i think i i think i will it's not really about the performing for so many like it, I, I don't know it's like i yeah. think i'm just trying to like move away from like performance like yeah. it's not performance it's and not, so yeah. i think that it's a tool. It's a, music is a tool. Well, yeah, Not, for so, the therapeutic relationship. You yeah. know? So it's like when you're so, meeting so many people that are from all different backgrounds and different, you know, cultures and, you know, socioeconomic statuses and sometimes like countries, you know, like you kind of do have a sense of like, you know, everybody's a human, like on a certain level, everybody connects on some way. So yeah, I mean, similarly to how I feel like I judge music less, like I also judge like I pe- I judge people a lot less. Yeah. Do you um so is for music for you mm-hmm. in this context at least is a tool, not an art. In in this true? job. Yes. Yeah, in this yeah. job. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um I mean there's there's times where the creativity converges yeah. as the tool. But but yeah. But this art is being used as a tool rather than an art for art's sake, I guess or something. Yeah, well I mean, yeah. Like the um, like the elements in the music are what I'm utilizing, right? Be- because of that, does it make you appreciate music less artistically when you're just out and about or, you know, or when you're not working? And do you ma- start thinking of it? Do you th- does it make you start thinking of music more in terms of this utility or something, you know, uh, you start thinking of it in different terms outside of work because of how you use it in work. Um, no, I mean, I, I, are you I, appreciating I it in different, in a different way than you used to? I guess, you know, which. No, I, I don't think I've done that. I mean, it's so it's pretty separate. Once you're not working, you're you're back to the way you listen to music normally, kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, there have been times where like. You know, I, I do think, like, doing music therapy, like, being a music therapist has made me listen to music in more ways than I did. Mm-hmm. So in the past, like, I wasn't much of a lyric listener. Like, I didn't really listen to music for the lyrics. But, like, I think over time, like, as I've learned how people do connect yeah. with lyrics, like, I have started to notice lyrics more and, like, actually relate to them and allow them to be relatable to myself you know and so that's like a whole nother thing that i i didn't do that before yeah and you appreciate it on an artistic level then more that way yeah like i I so in a way using music in a sort of non-artistic kind of way i mean to some degree Mm -hmm. or in a more you know uh, in a more clinical way Mm -hmm, has mm -hmm. now has in turn allowed you to appreciate music more artistically outside of work i think yeah like using it or listening to it in different ways Mm -hmm. yeah you ever uh have to do any musical therapy on plants or does anyone ever ask you that on plants to do that like does anyone ever hire you for that Mm -mm. no (laughs) no i don't know i thought maybe they singing to them would do you do it i thought thought i've heard that maybe what about your cat for my cat yeah 
Do you mm. sing to your cat? You must have. Mm, no. How long have you been with your cat? <laughs> like for three years. Uh-huh. Mm. You love her? Him? Him. Huh? He listens to you play sometimes at home? Sometimes. Like, he's pretty indifferent. Do you practice really at home care. before you go to work? Sometimes there's if you have times, to learn certain songs. Yeah, there's times where I'm brushing up on like, you know, especially working in a pediatric setting. Like, I mean, the kinds of music kids listen to is usually like what's like in right now. Yeah. So then I have to like keep up to date. Yeah. With pop music. With, yeah, like stuff that's out. Do you listen to the what radio? What about rap? I try to listen to the radio. Yeah. Yeah. What about rap music? Rap. Yeah. So do they have you perform rap? I mean, do you... Well, I mean, that's, I think, yeah, I mean, I'm not there so you to, perform, like, perform. You, you like, rap, right. No, but you use, it, but well, we have it, used it. If yeah. the, so you've rapped. If the client likes rap music mm-hmm. and there's bad words involved, say mm-hmm. the F word or other yeah, words, mm-hmm. do you use, what do you... Usually, you know, we'll you try, do? if there's, like, a clean version, we'll try to use the clean version. But, but will you rap not? it, though? Like, rap the song? Yeah, yeah, do you? Well, I mean, at that point, like, it's, usually it's not, like, something that it's going to be, like, I don't perform, it's not like music therapy is always performing, so okay. I'm not going to be like, oh, you like rap? Okay, well, let me do it. You know, it's not like uh, that. Right. No, like, no, you know, no, I know. We'll listen yeah. to yeah. it. You know, yeah, you'll we'll listen to it, talk it down, about it, we'll discussion, about it. you know, so, write your own raps maybe. Yeah, like I'll, sometimes But when I'll you write raps with, a, with somebody, do they use want to use bad words? And you say, how about we use a different word? It depends. Like uh-huh. there's times where that's just like really limiting. And so I, if it's like a teenager yeah, and it's just... Sometimes it's a trust thing where I'm just like, you know what? Like, I think, I think we can handle it, you know? Uh-huh. And then it's something that if I don't use it, it's almost like a trust thing where they're just kind of like, oh, you just think I'm like a kid. You yeah. Know? And so, you know, some, it's a confidential session. Like every session is confidential. So, yeah. so, you know, it's a protected space. Like I kind of make it known to them. It's like, yeah, this is like, yeah, this are is who you, you are. Like this is this is the music you listen to. You are know? you ever put in positions where you feel like you have to say words you don't want to say? No, that's like, like never the, like the F word maybe. No, it's that's never happened. What I mean, you can set it up for yourself. You know that you're not going to. You know, like, but it's like if it's something for them, like it's you know we're listening to music and they really it needs to be this particular one that's like doesn't have a clean version or anything Uh and it's like i don't want to limit them you know yeah yeah yeah. and so and then you've never had to say bad words though Mm -mm, no you've never said bad words on the job because of you know working with someone who was writing a rap song that used bad words or no not really do you swear much in general like outside of work yeah you say the f word i mean sometimes sh word (laughs) when you're mad when you're driving or what i mean yeah like normal people would you be opposed to saying bad words at the you know at work i mean you know in the right context what like what I, in a session yeah i mean i'm saying but it, it, like it's, it's directs relately to i mean it really no, sorry it relates directly to the music um mm-hmm. you know that it, would you be are you opposed to using bad words in that context i mean it's like i'm i'm thinking about it in the context of like a pediatric hospital so i'm kind of right. just like i mean this is right. just contextually but say it's, it's a 24 year old or something like probably yeah. not appropriate but it could be like a you know early 20s late teens mm-hmm. even early 30s yeah. well no, i mean you know a, i mean there's times where you know like say in the past like i you know when i worked and i was doing groups and like psych in a psych setting like yeah like sometimes the songs are the things that would come up like yeah like it's we're all adults here, you know, it's, it's something that's okay, like within reason, um, mm-hmm. as like an expression, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
but yeah, it's it's easy enough, I think, to be able to express things, um, you know, express yourself as a therapist without having to use those words. But it's it's not like you want to limit them if it's something that's that's really the way they express themselves. Have you ever worked with somebody who you really just they were off putting to you and you didn't like them? Off putting, like unsafe. Uh, well, no, not necessarily unsafe, but perhaps that. But I, I meant mm. more just you didn't. Their personality just didn't kind of rubbed you the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. I've had just, you know, just like you'll have some patients that you're like, this person's awesome. And then there's like yeah. others that are just like, wow. Yeah, why? Well, what do you, <laughs> and you just have to just, you well, just have I mean, to go, you just have to work with them anyway, or do you? Yeah, I mean, it, it's like, again, it comes down to like, that doesn't make them any less deserving of like having space to be who they are, you know? Do you try to figure out what's, if there's another element, uh, if there's something beyond that personality that's maybe off-putting, do you try to use music to bring out more palatable qualities in them? No, no. No, no. Well, because it's like, I think it, you know, I keep coming back to just like any other therapy where it's not like you're trying to, I'm not there to go in and like, you need to be fixed. Here's how I'm going to fix you. Like it has to come from yourself mm -hmm. and you're as a therapist, you're there to guide the process. Right. So yeah, no, I'm not going to be there and be like, this is what's wrong with you. you know? mm -hmm. And so like it has to come from, yeah. When getting a job in this field, when an, you're being interviewed, do you have to perform or do you have to play something for the person interviewing you? Um, there's times where that's part of the process. Yeah. It's almost in an audition, almost. Like it's just so that they know that you're that proficient. You're proficient, yeah. yeah. Like you, they know what's being like, what is going to be used with the patients, you know. Because you're a therapist, mm -hmm. do you are you interested in healing things? Healing things. Uh, well, healing related things, like like yoga and stuff, <laughs> <laughs> or that kind yoga of world. Like, are you interested like in that world? Are you interested in the world of healing, you know? I feel like... Yoga and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I've done yoga, but like... You, you, but you don't really... You're not too uh, tied into like that world. I'm not like into like my, you know, connecting with my inner chakras and like... That sort of thing. You know, that's like, not... That's not... You don't identify as that so much. I mean, I don't. I mean, I can only speak for myself. I know a lot of therapists that are into like all of that, you know? Yeah. Like... All holistic of, type of, of stuff things yeah like all of the holistic things they're like <laughs> super about it you don't go on retreats or anything like that personally i don't yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but that's just because it's that's just me like i yeah, yeah 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 okay a lot a lot of therapists go on retreats and a lot of therapists like yeah like y yeah i don't know you hang out with a lot of musical therapists or music I've, therapists i have a lot of music therapist friends yeah oh you guys all hang out sometimes yeah cool. do you guys jam together sometimes oh really yeah you do really <laughs> yeah sometimes That's probably it's good so it's fun. good for us i think to like have you know to be able to use music for ourselves you know are you um you play you said you studied jazz piano mm -hmm. so you can improvise and stuff yeah yeah uh -huh. you know your two five ones and your yeah. scales and stuff <laughs> yeah uh -huh. you know your minor you know your minor two five ones do you to me yeah why do you ask that <laughs> redirect yeah um no um uh yeah it's so you know your minor two five ones yeah i mean yeah. i'm kind of like it, it's like i don't play 
I don't really perform that much anymore. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm pretty rusty. Well, you could but use I that did stuff. But I study it, yeah. yeah. You could employ that. You know, I can. Your job, perhaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what jazz artists do you like? Like pianists? Sure. Or just like artists in general? Um, I really like Oscar Peterson. Sure. He's like my favorite. Yeah, but, sure. Um, I like Art Tatum. Yeah. I like um, Bill Evans. Um, do you ever try to introduce these kind of people to the kids to the kids yeah or even adults oh no have you ever tried to introduce new music to people in your job (laughs) um i feel like the only time that that ever is appropriate is like if there's themes Mm -hmm. in you know that they could benefit from having or seeing it in like another in like an existing song or something or like you're bringing a song to be lyrically analyzed you know yeah so there's a reason why you're bringing something new or maybe you're guiding like you know like relaxation or something and so you're using music that they've never heard before but yeah i mean it's not like i'm gonna come in and be like well this is my music and or perhaps listen to now perhaps (laughs) that you you know you gauge certain things about them and their personality Mm -hmm. and you've thought you know i think you would like this Mm -hmm. check this out I'm gonna prescribe for you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, like not but, prescribe. No, I know, I know. I'm yeah. kidding. But yeah. no. But have you ever recommended things because based on what they've already shown an interest in? And I feel like the closest thing that I've gotten to that is like, you know, based off of what they'll tell me. Like I'll I'll be like, oh, do you listen to you know? And then they'll be like, yes or no or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that kind of expands like how much like what kind of music we're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think it's important to try to help it, like, let it come from them, you know? Yeah. 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 We're going to wrap up pretty mm-hmm. soon here. Mm-hmm. Did you want to ask anything? Um, you can, yeah, you can cut this out. Are, do you ever um, just, you have a lot of music therapy dreams? Dreams? Yeah, do you dream about it? Um, Like, like scenarios in sessions or something like that? Yeah, sure. Um, I've, I think I've had... S- I don't I think I've had that many. I think the only thing that like was work related and this was like when I was like really stressed out about work, I think, is and I just was really overwhelmed. I had just had a dream where I was like walking through hospital hallways that were just like never ending and I couldn't oh, wow. like I just like it was like never ending. Like I couldn't stop. Like the hallway was like a maze. Yeah. <laughs> you were so, trapped. You were trapped in your trapped at work. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of metaphorical <laughs> yeah like, that's oh then that's when I you realize you yeah. need to start um doing more things for yourself or well, i mean having, having fun it's an com- indicator. Com- i mean we, we actually do like keep track of like you know how burnt out we are like you know there's things that you kind of look out for to make sure you're not burning out yeah. when you get burnt out you've gotten burnt out before yes i have <laughs> that that's when you don't want to even hear any kind of music outside of work I feel like um, if somebody's got the radio on, do you say, "Can you just turn that off, please?" <laughs> Can you put it on NPR? There, there was a time where, like, yeah, like I was, um, you know, Can like, I with, the, with the guy that I was dating at the time, like he would like put on blast some music, and then I was just like, I was coming right off of work, and I was like, "Can you like not?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I just was like, "No." Really would you be down if you change it to a talk right radio now? thing? Um, yeah, like there was a period of time where I just like never listened to music and just podcasts only. Like I just yeah. did not want music. What do you right. listen? Yeah, what podcast you listen to? Um, just hear it's one music, um, music podcast. No, no actually, actually, <laughs> I don't know if I want this in here, but like, yeah. we'll I, I like true crime a lot. 
Uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, like, listen to, like, true crime podcasts. Sure, yeah. Like, um, yeah. But does it upset you when those true crime podcasts use music in them? No. <laughs> no, no. Because they do sometimes. No, it's like, it, it was just one of those things where I just was like, my God, I just feel so, like, overstimulated with just, like, yeah. too much. And it's like, but yeah, with burnout, I think... It's not just the music piece. It's also like if you feel like really unfulfilled in your work or you don't have your own relationship with music or creativity, um, like you like aren't sleeping well, like you're having panic attacks, like you're having stress dreams. Like I think I was even having like physiological symptoms of stress of just like I had like I would just break out in hives like randomly. Hives? Yeah. Or like oh. I had like shingles. <laughs> Like, shingles. Oh. I just was like, I think I was just so stressed Stress. out. Yeah. Shingles is painful, huh? Um, yeah, it wasn't that bad, but it was definitely shingles. Though. So when that kind of stuff happened, you couldn't, and you couldn't use music to f- help heal that, right? Well, it's like, that's the thing. It's like, I think it's, it's more of a conversation about self-care at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, are you caring for yourself, you know? Like, are you making sure that you're taking care of yourself so that you can help other people, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of a unique therapist thing but that everybody should really do you know when in any work but therapists i think have like a very strong there's a huge connectivity between like how well you feel about your life and yourself and like the that potentially if you don't like that really being potentially harmful for the people you're working with you know so you kind of have an obligation to just like check yourself and make sure that you check yourself before you wreck yourself yeah or others or wreck others yeah yeah (laughs) yeah this is such a you can cut this out. It's such a waste of time. Do you ever think <laughs> if like a dream of yours would be like if someone like Beyonce got a hold of you and she wanted you to like help her? Help her with mu- music with, therapy. Yeah, with music therapy. Well, yeah, yeah, like she needed it, you know, and she needed you to help her. Would that be or would that be fun or intimidating or what? Um. Or or somebody you really like, whatever music like like somebody Rihanna, I probably. look up to. Yeah, or somebody, yeah. A Snoop Dogg or someone. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, I, the only somebody thing I could do you, is yeah. just, like, just start from scratch. Like, just they're a normal person, you know? Like, I don't know. I mean, there's, like, rules in therapy that if you know the person from before, okay. like, you probably shouldn't see them because then there's, like, a dual relationship, you know? This is, yeah. this, you can definitely cut this out. If you were, if, let's say I needed you, right? Because I, I'm going through something right now. Uh-huh. How, how would you start that? What would, like, you want to, like, almost just... Like, needed like, let's a just music say, therapist? I needed a, I needed like, a music you, therapist. Are you needing a music therapist or, like, needing me? <laughs> no, 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 music therapist. <laughs> because, um, I, because I'm going through something. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to tell you what it is? Or sure. it, it's, not, it's, made, it's not even real. It's just made up. But uh-huh. let's say I'm having some personal issues, whatever. How, how would you start? It starts with a conversation, right? Well, I mean, Interview. it's like... You, you know, usually there's like something you're trying to work on, yeah, and process mm-hmm. through. But like, but yeah, I mean, we could. I mean, it would probably, yeah, like anything, it'd start with an assessment, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you'd be like, what kind of music you like? I mean, part of it would be, you know, figuring out the kind of music you, yeah, you respond to. But then also just like figuring out like who you are and like what what are the things and what are the factors here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Hmm. And then would you... Okay. Yeah. And then you would start, like, then what? And then... <laughs> I don't What's know. What's the first time... Uh, t- <laughs> what happens before music comes on? Uh, what happens before? Before the music. 
I don't. Yeah. I don't really know what you're asking. I don't either. Like, before I, the I music, just feel like it's like what 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 happens right before like we start playing music or you start playing music or or you start helping me, help me. <laughs> I guess I know what he means. He's, I guess I don't what, what Donnie's trying to ask is, uh-huh. you know, what happens before the music. Um, and why? And why? <laughs> exactly the same way. I know, I know. Um, uh, no, I, I guess he's asking what, why, uh, what do you, okay, after the assessment, what do you, what goes on then? What do you well, do? Then, well, then you're designing interventions, you know, designing interventions that'll work. Um, What's that? Like, inter- it's like an intervention is like basically kind of like a. You get all their friends and family all together. No, 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 no not no. like that. Oh. Like, it's basically like a directive or a directed activity mm. you know oh. okay you um, come up with an activity yeah okay yeah, for lack of a better word like yeah, yeah. like an activity or some something mm. that we'll be using to address those goals yeah yeah that we talked about in the assessment okay yeah so you establish mm-hmm. goals okay and, and yeah. then and then you goals then or sub goals or like sub-goals. whatever well like give me an example of a goal please <laughs> like um, i mean it can you be... want to stop you maybe you want to start get, going to bed early Oh, right? Because you stay up too late. Yeah. Am I right about that? Yeah. I don't know if that's like something that you need music therapy for. Okay. How about, um, yeah. I mean, some anxiety. You get, you're getting anxiety every time you do a podcast recording. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I mean, maybe the goal is like decreasing anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like some of the sub goals related to that might be like, um, you know, we might examine some of the behaviors you have. Like, it, it depends on the approach, too, of the therapist that you're going to. Like, some therapists are going to be more of a behavioral therapist. Mm-hmm. And so, we're to, yeah, we're talking about behaviors. Like, what are the behaviors that are happening in association with this anxiety that you kind of want to, you know, work on or minimize or change? Um but then other people might be, it might be a little bit more of like in a, you know, humanistic or like a person-centered type of therapy where it's like we're talking about you as a person and like, you know, how do we ex- explore you as a person and how you cope with things, you know? Right. But, um, but yeah, there, there's like, it depends really, yeah. Like, do any patients ever just sing to you? And you, like every time? Sing to me. Yeah, they just basically want to perform. (laughs) Is that a rapper? I mean, I did have a grandfather that was just like so excited. (laughs) Like, I can't, it was there for his granddaughter. Like, but he was just like, oh my God, this is like the best song ever. And I want to sing it with her when she's older. And, and then he just like immediately started a YouTube track and just was like, whoa, like just like started singing. And I was like, wow, think, you know, wow like I wasn't expecting that but you know at the same time it's like you know depending on what it is like I was just I was still getting to know the family so I was just like trying to bring it back but then also honor that he was like wanting to share so much and like he has so much that he connects with his granddaughter like you know focusing on what that meant right yeah yeah and so I have like just like some closing questions here um yeah unless you is there anything you want to say <laughs> I think maybe you'll say these in these closing que- these answers yeah. these closing answers. Okay, I think. Okay. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I take it you love your job. Yes. Yeah. Um, and why do you love it? Do you, is it because of the connections you make with people and helping people, mm-hmm. uh, and and that sort of thing, and using your skill set basically to do that? I take it that's probably a reason why. Yeah, I think it's it's fulfilling. I think I love I think I love my job right now, especially 
because um, I think in a medical setting especially, it's just like the human side of people mm-hmm. can get lost in the shuffle sometimes yeah. with just so many patients coming in and out. And Music people, helps. Well, I, I feel like being able to, like I feel privileged that my job is to, you know, approach the human side of people. You it's know? almost in a sense similar to the way USO works, right? Or mm-hmm. entertainers overseas that go entertain troops, military troops and stuff, right? Where they're mm-hmm. always involved with military stuff, war and stuff and fighting. Mm-hmm. And they bring entertainers out there, musicians and comedians and stuff, to remind them of home mm-hmm. and um, keep them sane, basically. I, I, would you say that's kind of a similar thing going on here a little bit, that you're helping them? I mean, obviously you have more specific mm-hmm. goals, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's also this big element of, yeah, this reminding them of being human, kind of, and mm-hmm. um, when there's a lot of clinical things going on in, yeah. in, the, in the environment that they're in. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, it does, it does feel like, um, yeah, like in, in a setting where they can often feel like they're not who they are anymore. Like mm-hmm. really just like helping spend them. time on just like, no, this like celebrating their individuality yeah. and like who, you know, what do they bring in this life? Like what's, I don't know. I think there's just, um, it's just it, it sometimes it's kind of amazing to me that that's like the core of my work is like being able to do that with people. Yeah. And so not um yeah. One last thing, do you do you connect pretty well to your family and friends and stuff? Yeah, I feel I do. Yeah. Do you feel like there's um any kind of parallel to connecting well with people in your personal life and, and that like your, your ability to connect well in, in therapy to people? Yeah, I mean, I think I will say that like just like become this whole like road to becoming a therapist has like made me way more self-aware as Mm -hmm. a person I think because you have to like look at yourself and your insecurities and like all of these things that can get in the way of doing good work and so I feel like there's like this ongoing a conversation with yourself that not a lot of people take that big of a magnifying glass to yourself so I think when you're when you feel that self-aware like it it can really impact your relationships in a good way. And so in, in working in therapy, mm-hmm. not only are you improving the quality of other people's lives, but you're also indirectly improving the quality of your own life. I feel that way, yeah. I mean, I think I'm a different person, I think, from before do, becoming a therapist yeah. and then after, you know, going through it all. And it's it's tough, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's definitely helped me in, like, positive ways. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for thank you. coming on the show. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for being curious sharing. about what I do. It's it's kind of a misunderstood profession, so I don't know. I appreciated like the opportunity to talk about it. Oh, I do right, feel yeah. like you. Uh, it was made clear what it, what it, music therapy is. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Well, I hope it did. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. through through the questions and the answers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks so much. Our guest has been Hana. Thank you to Donnie Devonian. Mm-hmm for being here. Our engineer is Aaron Bruntgart. If you like the program, you can go to iTunes and rate and review it. You can also listen to the show on SoundCloud. You can also visit us on the Facebook page. My name is Brent Weinbach. The name of the program is Pointed Questions. Thank you for listening.